Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. So Viva Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas. Again, and baby, it's cold outside, but we're here to warm the cockles of your heart. It's another AFTN soccer show, broadcasting on CITR Radio from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 244. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And I'm Joe DC. So much to talk about. Kind of a busy week. On, on the news front for the Whitecaps, it's not been super busy. But some stuff happened. A couple of games, we'll talk yeah. about that. It was busy on the playing front. Yeah. A um, couple of players no longer have their dreams to be Whitecaps. <laughs> I know, they'll be as heartbroken as we are. Mark Bloom, who saw that coming? <laughs> no no if, longer in the, in the Whitecaps I'll camp. I'll take everybody for 200, Alex. And our little Frenchman, Johan Mollo, still in Vancouver, was actually up here at UBC, according to his Instagram. He's having a great holiday, if nothing else. Oh, so you're stalking him on Instagram? No, folks just keep telling me about his Instagram. <laughs> he, he has his shirt off a lot, but uh, I don't think he has it off this week. I think it's a little bit too cold for that. It's a wonderful winter week here. Yeah, it's been beautiful. It's really cold up here at UBC. There's a lot of snow and ice around. But yeah, Bloom and Molo have left the camp. A, a few folk were a bit disappointed to see Molo move on, or at least not signed. Personally, I'm not, because I, I think we're stacked in that left-wing position. Eight clubs in nine seasons, for me, sounds alarm bells. It spells trouble to me. It's, it might not all have been his fault, but I just I don't think he was a guy that would have fitted in that well here. As talented as he may or may not be. The question was, does he bring something kind of different to what we have? And... Based on the two games that we just saw, I don't think the wide positions are something that we really need. Especially if, like, if Davies can keep performing like he did um, in that in the game against uh, Las Vegas Lights, then God, that name does not roll off the tongue <laughs> at all. But if he can perform like that, then you know we don't need these. Could be the left winger for the full season, hopefully. Yeah, and. I mean, Molo obviously has a talent, but I mean, he's he's gone. He has, the fact that he's hanging about does make me wonder 
if they move someone like Brexit on, is it maybe going to be that they're going to get back in touch with him? But we'll, we'll see. Sean Franklin's still here, though. And it's going to be an amazement to me if he doesn't earn a contract. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be here as the, the backup right back. If not challenging Jake Nurwinski, depending on how Nurwinski does, how well he's recovered from the injury that he had in Seattle last year. Yeah, you feel, with, with especially with Bloom going, that it's almost dead certain that 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 Franklin will, will sign. It might have been a case of we're going to get one of these right backs. Yeah. Let's see which one performs better. Um, Franklin has looked really good. I still prefer Nerwinski myself, but tactically, I think I've said this before, they're very similar. They uh, they both like to bomb on and and like get into the get into outside the box to make crosses happen. And now with Kai Kamara, that's going to be even more important. So yeah, I'm I'm pr- pretty happy if we do pick him up. Like obviously, we have to see how that will look when we're balancing the books and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm I'm pretty happy if he becomes one of the Whitecaps signings. Not tons of other Whitecaps news this week, aside from the the games and Kendall Waston signing, which will. We will cover in part two. You're but forgetting the big news of the week, Michael. The, the, You're burying the, the lead. That the lower bowl is opening for the Montreal home opener. Is yeah. that the big news? Get in the lower bowl. Yeah, it, it's promising. Do you think it is just going to be for this and maybe a couple of the big games? Or has it now reached the stage where the Whitecaps can regularly open up the capacity or do you not think we're quite at that yet? Not even close. I think I think it is for because it's the home opener. I think you might get a game here and there, like for example, Seattle, Portland. Uh, but in the summer months, uh, I think it's gonna you're not going to come close to filling up that lower bowl. Especially midweek games. Yeah. They tend not to be filled out that well. I think when you look at last year, it was, I think, quite disappointing both Tickets sold numbers, and when you looked around the stadium, I think there were some concerns uh, raised last year by a lot of in a, in a number of quarters. Uh, I, I do think, though, you, you got to give some praise where praise is due. Oh, yeah, this is a positive sign. So, congrats to Colby. I think it's Colby Fackler and his whole ticketing team. If if uh, tickets have been moving for this game so much so that they need to uh, make more space, and they're doing that, uh, you know, they, they they deserve credit for that. Yeah, I think it's fantastic, and hopefully, the guys get a buzz. Hopefully, it's a, a great home opener. They do want to come back. They sell more tickets. I don't think they will open it up, as you say, mainly because they have spent money on tarps, and it's like they don't like to waste money. (laughs) Oh, Michael. But anyway, let's talk about one of the the two games that took place this weekend. As Joe mentioned, Las Vegas Lights. As you say, not a name that that trips off the tongue. Not a lot of things about that Las Vegas team really sits (laughs) that comfortably with me, I've got to say. I, I do believe a tweet I sent out last night described them as scummy bastards. They they seem a bit wild under Chellis. Shock horror. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably recruited the type of players he you know, yeah. fits his kind of character. Chivas part too. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe they will get an that, that was team. the next day. <laughs> yeah, we've got that as well to to come in in the second part. But interesting, interesting atmosphere uh, during the game. I know. Zach and me were texting a little bit back and forth. You had to sound down. Yeah, I had to sound off. Lucky you. Yeah, yeah. Co- commentators. Though I like the no, commentators. the commentators. I, will yeah, say that. I do like that, um, which is good for you as well. Because yeah, they were really they, entertaining. They, 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 they were professional. They, they were. They weren't like uh, like down and dreary when the Whitecaps scored. They were actually yeah. excited when the Whitecaps knowledgeable. scored. Knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. They sold. They sold the game. Some clubs employ really dodgy people for the USL games. Yeah. True, uh, yeah, you definitely can't well, trust some of those. I don't think you'll hear them this year. <laughs> I'm just, know. I'm they, just teasing. No, you'll hear them other places, but fly, not in USL. Might fly some people down to Fresno. I mean, <laughs> crossing my fingers. 
didn't get a trip to Hawaii or LA, <laughs> so maybe Fresno it's going to be. Uh, no, I was so I wasn't. Yeah, I had the sound off uh, because uh, my family was watching something else or doing something or whatever. So I didn't want to disturb it. But um, I was, you know, reading some of the social media stuff. Um, if you know a guy named Shane Grimmer, he was on social media. He was in the stadium, Southside guy. Oh, he's a capo march leader dude. Um, and he, he was in the stadium. He was, uh, I think, at halftime. He put up a note saying, "This is um, not yeah. to his, not to his. The flavor was not to his liking." Well, see, that's the thing. It's not to mine either. Yeah. The fact they were playing music during the game. Yeah, the the amount of times that Viva Las Vegas came blaring out was like, oh. The first time it happened, I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. I wonder what happened there. They must have pressed the <laughs> button by mistake. Then by the 10th time, I'm thinking, you know, I think this might be something that they do. I, you know what? I Honestly, uh, maybe I wasn't paying full attention, but I didn't notice it at all. Like, or yeah, very you, much. I noticed at the beginning, the first 10, 15 minutes. And then afterwards, I really didn't notice it. I just really was listening to the commentating. Steve, I think you're really good at blocking things out, though. No, I'm, oh, well, I've been <laughs> podcasting with him for ages now. <laughs> well, for a team that apparently, I was listening to the commentators as well. And I, I agree, they were really knowledgeable. Like, they were actually pleasant to listen to. They, they were overselling Vancouver, though. That's one thing. That, well, uh, Davies was, like, messy, yeah. according to yeah, them. But anyway, um, the, the the atmosphere was surprisingly good for a team that hasn't even scored a preseason goal yet, you know? Until they, yesterday. And, like, oh my, I don't, the, the, the manager getting into the stands and lighting <laughs> up a cigarette was possibly, it, like, I think we've reached a peak already for the Whitecap season. It hasn't even started yet. Like, I was looking at him. There was, a like, a seven-year-old girl standing beside him <laughs> with, his the, own with, kid. with the smoke, be with own the smoke kid. blowing into her face and him just taking a bigger remember, puff every single remember time. Remember, it's America. <laughs> it's true. No, but you still can't smoke the same. The one thing I do want to say is uh, even though the things I've heard, and I, I would agree with what, you, what, you, what you're saying, Michael, and what Shane posted online, I would agree with those things. May, maybe it'll maybe that'll work in, in Las Vegas. Well, maybe, that'll the be the, maybe that'll be their flavor yeah, of support. Maybe... Maybe they need to be tacky because the city is basically tacky. Well, let's, love, let's be honest. I love the big board, the big wall in the back behind one of the nets. It's got big advertisements. It's advertising a hospital. You yeah. know, they have to, they some have to of the drum ads business. during the broadcast though were fantastic. I did not know about the amount of pedestrian fatalities in Las Vegas. <laughs> well, I, that I was learned. one of the ads. Well, you yeah. it's like what we. Yeah. I'm assuming it's on the strip was a lot. The, yeah, <laughs> was there one for giving blood? Ah, no, no vampires. No vampires. Very disappointed with that. One thing I'll I'll say, too, is it'll be worth, I I think it'll be worth it this year to watch USL games on YouTube or online or wherever they are made available when Reno comes this year to Las Vegas. Reno, Vegas, And when Sacramento comes. I think those games could be something special because they'll bring, I think, significant away support and add another dynamic to the yeah. stadium. There will be football violence. I'll be digging out my songs <laughs> for that. I, I'm pretty sure that that's going to kick off looking at what the fans were like Remember, last night. Steve and I condemn football violence. Where are you on this spectrum, Joe? Again, he condoned it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, no com- I played the fifth at this time. <laughs> it's these Irish troublemakers. But let's talk a little bit about the game. Promising first half. I was a bit concerned by the second. I know, it's pre-season, da-da-da. They showed some nice attack and play in the first half. Two very well-taken goals. Horrible defending in the second, which we'll come to. But to share a goal, first of all. Lovely footwork by him in the box. Looked sharp. Nice chipped finish. He was great in the first half, but then he kind of disappeared in the second half altogether. I didn't even notice him. Absolutely clinical finish. That's what you want to see from uh, the bug. We've we've seen it before, both in the league and in Champions League. Uh, it was it was it was a delightful finish. Like I was when I saw that, I was just like, 
oh, he, like we talked about, he has come into preseason in good form, in good shape, ready to go, and it was another sign of that. The Davies goal, yes, in one respect, it was very nice. In another respect, it was felt like he just blew by someone who didn't know how to judge him, how to defend him, and the keeper kind of... <laughs> Just kind of leans out of the out of the yeah. way. Now I'm not I'm not taking anything away from the goal. It counts. They won. It's good for confidence. But you could even I, you can almost feel it in his celebration. His celebration for Alfonso, even though it was pre- was muted, right? Like he did kind of. Well, he did. Yeah. The, he did the dance with Kai. Yeah. No, but before, like when he ran uh, by himself, when he ran, oh, okay, gotcha. he just did kind of like I can't fully jump for that. <laughs> like it was like a punch in the air. Like maybe he was just tired because he ran the length of the field. Yeah, but but the, the quality of that goal can't be disputed, right? No. He, he had more pace. His oh, touch was his fantastic. Touch was, oh, especially at yeah. that pace. There's, there's no questioning his yeah. skill or ability. If it was saying the opposition, if it was a certain, but, if it was a certain Jamaican, that ball would have been over the end line exactly. by well, the time he hit it. And Fonzie don't to, speak about Dane Richards like that. <laughs> Fonzie had to recognize that situation too. The fact that like uh, for a lot of those touches that he brought the ball past people he waited for them to commit yeah. before he did that right I think the commentator likened it to Gareth Bale's that famous goal that he scored and after I thought about it for a bit I was like that's a very good comparison because like get, he played to his strengths there he was powerful he was fast and all that but f- that's what Fonzie stopped doing last season right how do we get him to keep doing that at a higher level yeah. like that's the question that's going to like haunt I, and as well with Tichera like how do you get him to do that every game you know we see Tichera He's been a great player for the Whitecaps. Probably one of the best, more consistent attacking midfielders. I think he was very consistent last year. I think it's the year before that you know, yeah, he suffered. Yeah. So I think but he, like, I, I think there's always something that you, you feel like there's an extra step that Tichera can sure. do. Like when he was his first season here, everyone was amazed by him. Mm. Like if you can keep doing that in the big games, especially there's too many players on the Whitecaps roster that don't do that on the big games. Yeah, and but Alfonso was involved also in the turning point, a little bit of a turning point later on <laughs> in the game. Is yeah, half. I I think one of the things we've learned from that is if anyone hurts Fonzie this season, Camaro's going to kill them. Oh, man. (laughs) Because there was a couple of times where somebody had a go at him that Camaro's right in there. So that's good. He's looking after him. I like to see that. Although you don't want want him sent off. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We don't want him sent off. But it was a horrible elbow. Yeah. And it's a friendly. I mean, come on. Martin Pert, though, I'd have put... See, Chellis looks like he's a a tough guy. It's the bald head. Bald folk are like that. I I think Perk could have taken him. A drunk Englishman. I've seen them a lot. Not that I'm saying that Perk was drunk. <laughs> I, that that came out wrong to start that off. At least he's hungover. Don't say he's drunk. <laughs> no. An angry Englishman, all riled up, with a Scotsman behind him, ready to take someone out as well. Well, Perk, uh, I, I I don't know. Even know what happened there. I think, I, I, I don't I, know. Like it seems like Chalice uh, uh, went after uh, Robbo first, saying that yeah. Davies was faking. That's what I'm assuming. That's just an assumption. And then that's when Pert came on. That's yeah. why it seemed I'm sure like Pert was going off in Spanish. It's, it's, time. It's, well, that's what I think. Pert yeah. understood what Chalice was probably yeah. saying it quicker se- than Robbo. It seems it seemed like Chalice was sent off first, and then Pert was sent off because Pert came at him. Of course, some, well, he had some, to, they, the referee didn't have to come back to the bench and say, Pert, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, the, yeah, the, the Chalice went away right away. It seemed like he was ready for a smoke. Um, that's what, <laughs> I, think, I think maybe he got sent off because he wanted a smoke. Maybe. I mean, it, it was horrible in some ways to see that in a friendly. But at the same time, the intensity yeah. of the whole game was fantastic. There's, I mean, we've seen some really boring preseason matches over the years. Some of the Rose City games have been dire. Some people traveled to Wales to see some. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> fantastic. But I, I got some Barabreath. And Bavaral. Yeah, Barabreath's a nice Welsh loaf. Right. Anyway. You had Bavaral at the game. Yeah. yeah. But um, 
after that, it's like you think that would kind of spur the Whitecaps to go, but it, it spurred a Vegas fight back. And two goals in two minutes. Was it a free kick? Was it a penalty? Should Marinovic have saved a free kick? Was something that you were kind of debating with me? I don't think... I think he saw it late. I think it's hard it's for him hard, to have done something It's also like that. hard to see it from that angle. It was just a great free kick. Yeah. I, I think he'd want that back. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you want any goal back, but yeah. I think he would have felt he, sh- he could have saved that. Oh, he feels he can save everything. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Of course, yeah. The penalty was, no hard to see. It was hard to see what was the yeah, penalty. Yeah, I don't even so. know. I haven't watched it back. I don't know who no. brought him down. I meant to do that before this, but... Should we be concerned? Because the defending mm. in that second half for that little spell was horrendous. I think it was because of the incident, what happened off the pitch. It kind of muddled everything up. People get flustered. Um, you got the fans all cheering and everything like that going crazy. I think I think you have to take that out of the equation in this instant. And because plus it's preseason, like you said. I think it was just... I don't think it was... like I, I know it happened right after the red card, but I don't think it was directly because of like they lost a player and it was the player that they subbed on after that that scored those two goals that's worth noting as well i think he'll definitely he'll probably be starting next game i hope <laughs> yeah. or, else, or else the manager is not doing his job properly but um the free kick i agree marinovic might have positioned himself incorrectly and i think he was actually being screened by mosquito so he like they have to sort that out like you can't have someone screening your screening the goalkeeper on your own team in the wall the penalty i when i saw it first i thought oh this is probably a penalty it was i think it was a push in the box as a cross was coming in and i don't really think you can have any complaints about that but the reaction to going to conceding two goals was positive which yeah. is better than we what we can say for a lot of games we've seen in the mls i think yeah that that was the resilience the fight back the the hey this is preseason we're in a situation we havenven't been in this preseason we're going to be in this situation a bunch a much yeah. more times this year well that's the thing they could just have said oh, it's only preseason who cares no but yeah they actually fought for it yeah. got the goal yeah kamara got yeah. the penalty now that's it we've seen to share take a penalty this year now we've seen kamara so which one is going to be the penalty taker? Kai went straight for the ball. I'm, I, I would guess that Kai would be the penalty taker. Yeah, that's my guess too. I don't think Kai has a history of like making a big deal about penalties, so I don't think <laughs> I don't think it, I, it, whoever right like Robbo doesn't even have to pick one; they can just figure it out themselves. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with Kai Kamara wanting to get the ball, but it was entertaining, and that's what so many fans keep saying: we want entertainment. If we win three two. I'm happy because we've still won, and a win's a win, even if it's uh, but, some bad defending. But but, but it is it's, it is a good thing that they were able to settle down after those two goals and yes. pick up the win. That yeah. shows that they are not. It's not completely in their headspace. Yeah, they screwed up for I think it was like a four minute period yeah. where the two goals went in, and but they were able to come back and earn the penalty. And it felt like a progress from the Hawaii games, right? Yeah, where like okay, the one nil late penalty, whatever, did not feel like a great performance. The next game, then they they lose. And the performance, I would say, was not optimal either. And here, the, you know, they were able to right the ship at the end. Yeah. A- anyone else stand out for you, good or bad? I mean, we, Joe mentioned Mosquito there and shielding it. I, like Mosquito, he works so hard. I think we've got to, like, give credit to that. I just don't think he's got that level to be the difference maker that we need when he's in the team. Because he's going to be in the team when Reina's not in the team. So we need somebody that's maybe not on a par with Reina because it's a backup, but it's a big gulf with what they offer the team as hard a shift as he puts in. It's hard. It's one of those things, I feel like, with some of the players that maybe haven't or don't haven't been able to reach their level consistently over the years, 
or maybe we think they're not at a higher level, like they're at a backup level. I'll use your language there, Michael. I always think it's it's hard when you don't get a run of games, right? So I I always feel bad for players when they when they haven't earned the right to get the run of games or whatever. And Mosquitoes ha- has this reputation as an impact substitute, like it, it's a horrible kind of uh, label to put on a player because they, that means well, they never get to start. But like I can't really think of many games that he's started that he has that he has made an impact in. Well, like He scores goals from time to time, but when you bring him on with the last 10 minutes when the other team is leggy, he's exactly what a midfielder doesn't want to see. Someone who's going to get up in your face and do that, do all those, like, you know, do the right things, the short passes, and have a shot when he needs to have one and things like that. So an example of what I'm saying, which is opposite of what you're saying, was last year San Jose away. He started the game, scored a goal. I think he set up Eric's goal, if I remember. The sending off happens. He's the guy to get subbed out. We go on to lose three two. But then you have to think how you how are you setting up the team, right? If if you're if you're doing a high press, which is something I saw a lot more of in this in uh, in the preseason games than we've ever seen, is like a you know a three man press um, in in the in the attacking area. Then Mesquite is your man. But if you're if you want to do the four one four one or the four two three one, where everyone sits back, you wait until you win the ball. Mosquito's instinct is to go to the ball, and he can't be in a bank of four if he's charging out every time to get the ball, right? So I think it's also a tactical kind of a thing, as well. Yeah, so a lot to take from that game, mostly positives. And there was another game today, which a lot of positives from that. And we're going to cover that in part two, and we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. And that is exactly where the Whitecaps are this week. Well, as well, this weekend. Well, yeah. They've, they've left Vegas. They're in LA. Played LAFC today. We're going to cover that in this part of the show. And, yeah, some great football action this weekend. It's really got my juices flowing. Can't wait for the home opener. But before we get to that LA game, we have to talk about, I guess, the, the big news of the week. Kendall Waston resigned. Sorry, re-signed. Kendall Waston resigned. Resigned, resigned. <laughs> Grammar. Reminds me of the time when I said, whatever it was I was eating, it was a grape or something. And I was like, oh. I was like, what is it? I went, oh, that went down my throat hole. And she thought I meant I was calling my throat my throat hole as opposed to throat comma hole. Yeah. Anyway, you're listening to the AFT and Soccer <laughs> Show, full of interesting information like that on CITR radio and broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory. But yeah, Kendall Waston signed... A new contract extended to 2019. Option. Oh. Sound the klaxon. Uh, options are valid. I think we've learned that from Kyle Larn and Camilo. But anyway, he has signed until 2019 at least, or at least his contract's to 2019. I still don't think he'll be here in 2019. I'll be quite surprised if he but is after be, the World but Cup. But he'll be, what, what, be 31 or something at That's that point? still young. Yeah, it is. But I, it's, it's great, I think, to lock him up. On the back of Jake Norwinski... Have to feel as well, Tim Parker is also going to get a, an extension and, and some a kind bump, of deal yeah. as well. And Kendall is getting more money under this deal. 
So that's a good thing as well. It'll probably be tammed in though. Who knows? But gammed, maybe. I, I, it's great. I think to lock up these core guys, these core defensive guys, maybe assuming the defense is strong this year. I, I think it's a good sign, and you'll be happy, Zach. Yeah, I know. I'm delighted for Kendall. Delighted for Priscilla, Kasich, their whole family. Um, gives them security. Gives them, yeah, gives them a sense of being even more settled than they already are. We're gonna hear his words about that in a few minutes. Um, I, I, uh, I also think this is this is like. This is how Robbo does things. I think the more and more things go, you see Robbo's hand and how these things are dealt with. We didn't see a lot. If, sorry, it, my memory might not serve me correctly, but if I remember right, I don't remember a lot of like players being their 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 deals being redone in the middle pre Robbo. Maybe there are some examples you can think of, Michael, but this feels to me more like. Something needed to be done. We made him the captain. He has a bigger role in the team. He performed well. Let's not say you have a contract. You're, you're, you're staying with it till the end, and then we're going to take your options if we want or not. It was like, no, we want to reward you. We want to show good faith towards you. And so on that side, it's encouraging and, and promising. Yeah, and we know a certain player that wasn't um, – his deal wasn't reworked in the middle of a year. Kind of slipped to Mexico. Mm-hmm. The one I mentioned, one of those mm-hmm. option people, yeah, yeah. Omar Salgado. Omar, maybe it was Omar. You're right. <laughs> well, I think about uh, back to Waston. Um, like he's the f- in, in my mind anyway. I'm quite new. I've only lived in Vancouver for like eight years, so my my knowledge of the Whitecaps are purely like MLS based. But he's the face of the new Whitecaps. You know, the one that looks up rather than looks down. In my mind, anyway, right? Like. Um, th- that defensive solidity, the style of play that kind of Robbo wants to bring in, like the the back line wasn't the back line it is right now until Waston was there. You know, he is that because we all look up to Waston? Well, like you have no have choice to. because you have to look up. <laughs> you have to look up to maybe R- Morenovic can look maybe across to him, but or something like that. But um, I think it's a great deal. Get it out of the way so there's no in the season kind of a thing. He seemed like, excited about it in the hall, yeah, the training center. Well, he was doing his that celebration where he like yeah. looks like he's gonna tear your face apart or, or just slap right? it or just slap you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I believe he did slap the cameraman after they did filmed that, but I, I might be wrong with that. <laughs> S- someone asked me last night, did he slap Davies after uh, he his did. goal? Well, he there did. Was a yeah. slap. There was a gif or something. Awesome. Yeah. And then did, did Kai go over and like cut no, out no. between them? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. maybe, maybe that's why Davies wasn't so excited because he saw Watson coming at him. <laughs> maybe. I, I <laughs> said, Watson, no big deal. It wasn't big of a deal. Goal. <laughs> the goalie just leaned. Just yeah, leaned. Yeah, it wasn't me. It was him. <laughs> I never mentioned this in the first part when we were talking about that. Slap? Yeah, slap the goalie. <laughs> oh, that goalie was an adventure. Like, he pulled off some oh, cracking saves. Oh, but... you know, apparently he was sent off the week before against Montreal. Really? Yeah, I don't know what for, but oh. I saw it and we'll talk about it later. Yeah, but just one quick thing about Davies. I have to give a hat tip to Nathan Vanstone, Mr. Whitecaps, who said to me during the week before they flew off, he fancied Fonzie to pop a couple of goals away this week. Uh, in the LA Las Vegas game so he knows what he's talking about way to go Mr. Whitecaps sometimes <laughs> but anyway I got a chance to sit down with Kendall on Thursday just before the, the deal had been announced and just to, to talk about re-signing the contract and his love of the city and a lot more besides so let's hear now from the Whitecaps captain Kendall Waston. <laughs> So 
So, first of all, huge congratulations on the, the new contract. Thank you. How are you feeling? I'm very excited. I'm really, really happy. I can't be happier. <laughs> D- do you consider Vancouver really to, to be your home now? I mean, you've, you've been here four years already. I can tell you one thing. I've been t- talking with my wife, and we have to think, like, in the future to live in Vancouver. So that is your answer, my friend. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, you're... you're and I think the city loves you as well, which is is good. Yeah, you're going to be coming into your your fifth season then with Vancouver now. How do you feel you've grown as a player since since you first came to the Whitecaps? Oh, a lot. I think that well, obviously, without um, the approval of Robo and the staff, um, this wouldn't be possible. And they have done a lot with me. They have helped me a lot in my playing because they are, they help me like in those little details that in the game is a make a huge difference. And I really thank grateful with them. And yeah, I think I improve a lot, a lot, a lot since day one. And but that is not the end. That is not my my stop. I want to continue growing each day. Last season, is it fair to say it was maybe your best season as a white cap? Was do you feel that was your best season that you've had in MLS? Yes, why not? I think it is, but hopefully, two thousand eighteen can be better. Yeah, and you you got four goals last year as well, and like looking at the how the teams played down in Hawaii and. I mean, Tim Parker's looking good on the set pieces. You've got Kai Kamara up up there now as a, as a big guy. You you must feel that there's going to be something special happening every time you go up into the box this year. Yeah, we got to create danger. Each time we have set pieces, we need to fe- have that feeling that we're going to score. And obviously we need to score because we have a lot of big guys and we have to take advantage of it. And yeah, this this year is very important for us. Uh, last season as well, I have to kind of touch on this. That, like no, no red cards for you. And I, I know we talked, we talked about it a little bit during the season. But was that? Did you change your play consciously, or, or I mean, what, what do you put that down to? Well, I don't know. To be honest, I just try to to play smarter. Obviously, I'm. You know me. I I love to play aggressive. I'm yeah. always gonna play like that. But doesn't. Don't make like stupid decisions, you know. Um, try to to avoid situation that gonna compromise my myself and my teammates. And yeah, I think that um, I learned what was 2015 and I, and 16. So I didn't want it happen again in 2017. And this season, Robo's mentioned that the team might look at maybe going three at the back and I know we didn't really get to see too much of that in Hawaii but is that is that a, a kind of formation that you're comfortable with? Have you played much of of having three at the back? Yes, I, I could play in any, any formation that don't really matter because in Costa Rica we play with a back three so it, it doesn't matter we have to 
work in preseason and during the weeks in every aspect. So sometimes they're going to decide, let's say, for a back, back line of four or a three, but it doesn't matter. And obviously you, you went through the heartache in 2015 at, at the semi-final stage and then last year as well at the semi-final stage. What, what do you feel this team needs to do to take that next step, to to make it to a conference final and then ultimately make it to an MLS Cup? Well, just when we get there, we need to score and win the games because that is the reality. And we can play good, but that's the last semi-final we didn't score and that is a big, big thing. So that is, that is like the thing that hopefully this year we, first of all, we want to be in the playoffs playoffs and after that we know that anything can happen and when you look around the league and you you see all these big names coming in a lot of them you're going to have to kind of defend against Mm -hmm. Vancouver we've never been a team that spends that kind of money brings in a a big name guy like Kaka or David Villa or someone like that but it's always been more of a a team here do you do you feel that the, the team's got enough pieces to, to be competitive this year? It's, what I always think is not about that individual, it's about the team. Because they can bring Jovinko, they can bring any any type of players, obviously they have quality, but the main thing here is the team. Players, One player cannot win a game by himself. He cannot run uh, all around with the ball. So I think that our team is based off the, the the team mentality, and obviously that each player gonna give their their best. And just bef- before I let you go, I, I can't not speak to you about the the World Cup that that's coming up in the summer. Uh-huh. How how excited are you about that right now? Oh, a lot. It's a, a huge thing for me, but I just want to live day by day because I don't want to so much in the World Cup and leave uh, aside my work with the White Cups, you know, that is my main yeah. goal, my, my priority right now, and when that time comes that I have to go with my national team, that will be the next one, but up to the moment is just giving my 100% with White Cups, so I can be in the great shape to improve and give 100% in each game for the club. And I, last thing, I, I I know you're really happy here. We talked about it at the start. You've just signed a new contract. But, I mean, obviously, the World Cup is going to put you on the world stage. D- d- do you think about what the future might hold? Or you say you're just taking it day by day. But yeah. d- d- do you ever think you might have one of those kind of standout performances that's just going to have you really in demand? Yeah, it's, it's always in, in your mind. It's, it's part of our... Football, right? Um, playing in the World Cup, obviously everybody's watching you, and you want to perform well. First of all, because you want to win, and you are representing your country. But it's not a secret that a lot of people is watching you, and you never know what's gonna happen. But uh, my main focus when I'm gonna be there is just give it all, like always. And if something happens, it happens. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Kendall. Congratulations. And we'll speak to you soon. Yes, sir. See you. Thanks, Kendall. Bye-bye. 
Kendall Waston there. And it's, it's great to have the, the big man, the towering Tico. As he mentioned there, though, he knows he's going to be on the world stage at the World Cup. If he has a standout performance, he, he is going to move on. But he does love it here, no matter what he wants to come back and live here. But, like, all the best to him. And the partnership between Waston and Parker, for me, is one of the best throughout MLS. Robo feels that Waston is amongst the best, if not the best, centre-backs in the league. I know he's going to be biased because it's his player, but, I mean, he's a, he is a great player. Yeah, he he has he he's been rated one of the top center backs in the league over yeah. the last he three was, four years. He was uh, one of the top two in Concacaf. Yeah, he, he was voted as right. one of the top. two And he in was in the MLS best eleven last year right. as well. And yeah. twenty fifteen and twenty seventeen in the top three MLS defenders, defenders nomination. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, and the thing is, the, the reason why he's not considered the best, it's a lot of Western he coast plays teams. for Vancouver. No, a lot of West Coast teams. It's just it's West Coast yeah. teams. A lot of Eastern writers they don't stay up. They don't watch the West Coast games. And so they don't get an idea of what's going on up here. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not a fashionable team to, to many people outside of here, which I like in a way. I like to have the underdogs tag, but we'll, we'll see. So talking about the defence, going into the preseason, all the chatter was it's three at the back. And it doesn't look like it's going to be three at the back. It was kind of hard to, to work out what was going on with some of the, the formations this weekend, but... 4-3-3 was the official listing, I think, yesterday by the Whitecaps game for the, the, the Vegas match. It kind of felt more like a 4-4-2. Today kind of looked like a 4-2-3-1, could have been a 4-4-2 as well. It's one of those things, we were promised three at the back, but does it look like we're going to just have this four going forward? Did you get the promise in writing? Yeah, no, no. was it a contract? Was there an option involved? <laughs> the... I think for me, yeah, the the, the no three at the back, it, it would be nice to have seen that more in the preseason. I still think it, they'll, it'll be an option uh, during the season at some point this year. But I think for me, the more frustrating thing and is not more two strikers up top. Like, I, And I know I feel like they've been trying to balance the two squads. We've, and we talked about this, I think, last week in the games in Hawaii. But I, I don't know, this preseason, I was kind of hoping to see some Anthony Blundell and Kai Kamar together somewhere, sometime, some way. Because when you look at what they've been brought in for and all those kind of you know dynamics, you figure they're probably going to want to have them both on the field for considerable amounts of time. And we haven't really seen that yet. Have we seen enough of Blundell to know exactly what he's all about, though, is the question. Because if we do play two up front, you need... Like, okay, Kai Kamar is... Like his own, you can't change what Kai Kamara is. He's a target man. He does a bit more than like your conventional big man. You know, he he's good at laying, like doing some build up as well. But like you can't put like Blundell's a big guy. We do, like again, we don't know exactly what he's about. But you need someone pacey or like a poacher or something like that. Is Blundell a natural finisher? His goal scoring record might indicate that he can score a few goals. But you know, we really need to learn more about uh, what like what kind of a player he is to make that kind of judgment. He score. Oh, he scored today, which was the first goal was sweet. Yeah, and the highlights of today's LAFC game are now up on YouTube. We've just watched them actually during the the Ken Watson interview there. But like talking a little bit about the the LAFC game, just from what we can tell from the stream, but the players are very small. I thought <laughs> I might have been watching this video game. Were you doing this? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not too sure. Squish the head, yeah, kids in the hall. Yeah. yeah. In, in summary, it was a slow start to both halves for the, the Whitecaps. LA scored at the start of both halves. 
They gave up uh, another two-goal lead, so it's two matches in a row now that they've given up a two-goal lead. This time, they only held on to draw. But I think there were so many changes and young guys getting minutes that you can kind of... Well, and a penalty and a, a Nerwinski own goal as well. You can maybe make justification for that. Well, look, let's look at the substitutions yeah. uh, and the injuries that happened. Uh, essentially, you have... Um, well, we had... Let's Ali Gazal go out, out in the seventh minute. Yep. Chance Carter came in. He's a residency player. Yeah, he's a minute. 2001 midfielder. He played on the, the U-17s this season. Five goals, sir. Yeah, 15th minute, you have Justin Fittis going down. Lucas Stoffer comes in for him. Yep. And then in the 20th minute, you have Donna Henry going down. And then Jake Ruby comes in, who's a fullback. Now, I was three. shocked that Henry was injured. <laughs> yeah. I have to say that. Well, I think that's got to do with conditioning. I think that that's probably hamstrings do go when you're not fully conditioned. And not, well, that's uh, the thing. Yeah, Ali Gazal and Daniel Henry... Hamstring strains. I heard yeah. that Danielle caught his hamstring injury from Ali. Maybe, like, they went from Hawaii to Vancouver, which is freezing right now, yeah, back I think to that's, Vegas. That's it's like when you, take, when you take a hot, like, a glass of water in, from the freezer outside and then back in the freezer, it can crack, right? Yeah. Like, hamstrings are just like that. I don't know. Hamstrings I think they like should glass. fly us down <laughs> to LA just to test that no, out. Ho- no, he said Hawaii first. Vancouver. Oh, so then they to fly to Hawaii first, Hawaii and first. then back here, and then it's to, for uh, science. Awesome. Yep. Science for science. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll do another fundraising drive for that next week. <laughs> see, I'm not sure we'll get a lot of folk buying up to that, but we'll, we'll see. But I mean, it was good to see those young guys get minutes, and like Jake Ruby is a is a great guy. But you've got Ruby coming in, who isn't a centre back, replacing a centre back, and Lucas Stoffer, who's just kind of learning everything, and he's more. Like used to to play in as a as a right back. Because so. the thing is, I think if if Henry was not able to go full ninety, I think they would probably put up an alley in that spot because yeah, he can play center back. But so, Andrew Jacobs, where you need him. Yeah, but then Gazal, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then Gazal, well, he's probably somewhere in L.A., wouldn't he be? Oh, maybe. Yeah, but no, uh, because Gazal went down. Then he, he's gone down first. And then yeah. Henry goes down. You have nothing to cover. So Contagious. the fact that it was four four is actually pretty impressive considering that back line. Yeah. Now. Whitecaps, they went behind to a, a well-taken free kick, but I think we have to say Brian Rowe... I mean, we talked about Marinovic wants that back. Brian Rowe is going to want that one back. Yeah. Uh, that did not look good. Yeah, Zach's not going to give him the benefit of doubt. No, no. I, it did not look good. It did, uh, the one time I... The, From the, that distance. The one angle I saw, it looked... Did he actually get a hand to it? How could you tell? I, uh, it was hard to tell from that but distance. Just, I couldn't tell what, where his good. hand was and then where the nets were. I think it's that was the, that was the problem though. Like Rowan never saw him because he was so small, yeah. so he didn't see it either. Yeah. So I mean that's fair enough. But then the Caps bounced back with, with three goals in the first half. First goals and a white cap jersey by Blondell. Some really nice work there. Yeah. First one came and he just did, lovely did, didn't he kind of open his body and put it into the corner? Yeah, yeah. it was really nice. It was a half half volley with the left foot into the bottom corner. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, okay. I thought it was right. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know how you again, can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like looking at Lego people from like the second floor of a building. Yeah. Reina had a brace as well. Both of Reina's goals assisted by Blondell. Yeah. And now you've got the situation. Like, Abini looked good as well. So, in the first game against Vegas, you've got a front three of Kamara, Davies, and Teixeira looking good together. A good unit. Now you've got another great attacking unit. Off of Bini, Reina, and Blondell. It's too bad that we don't play by NCA rules where we can just roll the lines out and just keep oh, attacking out and just rotate fantastic. back and forth. And How do you fit all these guys in? And now we've got that, two different units that's that getting some like chemistry a, together. Sounds like a, a 4 6 to me. 
think Ibini's going to be the one that misses out straight away because, like, I don't he he hasn't like he scored that one goal away. I forget who it was at last season. Um, like Davies is going to probably be an impact sub from the bench. You would think. The big question for me is Blundell. Where do you fit him in? Uh, actually, about Davies, if he plays the way he he's been playing in preseason, he'll start. I think. Well, but Bl- Blundell can play wide, if I remember. That, that's correctly. what I was thinking too. If, I, but he he likes to go central as well. But on that right side, we have Nerwinski, who likes to overlap, right? So, and in order to overlap, you need the winger to kind of vacate that space. So could you do, like the four one four one you're talking about, Michael? But with uh, let's say if Ali when when Ali's fit, Ali's the holding midfielder. Your center midfielders are, your center kind of both attacking are um, Reina. Reina and Blundell centrally. Or Reina and Davies. Well, I was thinking Davies on one side and Tichero on the other. I mean, Blundell, from, from looking at the highlights, I, he was out wide quite a bit in the game today. What yeah. I described feels like a FIFA lineup, not mm. a... I, I, I mean, yeah, I looking at it, I can't see Davies not starting, that's the thing. So I do think we'll have maybe Davies on the right to share on the left, Reina in the middle with Kamara up front. So that leaves Ibini missing out and Blundell's maybe going to be... Because Robbo said to me he didn't want to rush him. He wanted to gradually get him to find his feet in the MLS. So an impact sub initially. But he's from Venezuela, not Russia. (laughs) 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 No, I think... Okay, if he he doesn't start the season, the question will... Like halfway through the season, everyone's going to ask, we spent all this money on this player. Like, why isn't he kind of featuring more? Um, it's competition for places, which is a good thing. But, like, you also have to balance it with players being unhappy if they aren't getting playing time as well. Like, are, we're not playing in the Champions League this season. Like, we won't have as much rotation as we've had in the past, possibly. Well, yeah, and you, it, it is also about, and for better or for worse, it is also about what it costs to bring them here and what we're, what we're paying them. With it. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I like that. Mm-hmm. But we like. I do not think people would be all over Brexche if he was making two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm glad Brexche is in the team. He's it's making. True. He's scored three, four goals, five goals, whatever." Like, but because he's a des- quote unquote designated player yeah. and he's yeah. making whatever it was six, seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year, people are all up in his case, right? But so it's you, the you can't have fee. that guy on the bench. It's the transfer fee that we've paid for Bl- for Blundell as well, right? They, so they've invested a considerable yeah. amount. And if we want to do like this current MLS model of signing young South American players and reselling them, we have to let the people. Sh- he has to showcase his abilities, yeah. right? Um, you know, we we could have one injury and then we stop talking about this about this at all because you know a space opens up and it's very important to have backup, right? You know, we forgot about Effie Juarez oh, yeah. when we were trying to fit that lineup in there. Well, he would take a gazelle spot because yeah. gazelle has a hamstring. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, he he got forward quite surprisingly yeah. in that Vegas game. He did impress there. Now, he, he was trying to impress his buddy Carlos. Now, uh, <laughs> if you were – obviously there are you – know, we we're we talking about the lineup and everything. But if there was a piece that you would add in, what would it be? Is there a piece that you're looking at that you would – that we're missing or – I always start with the corner pieces. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. I think maybe a creative deeper midfielder. Like, but what if Juarez is the guy that that's going to be doing that? He he seems more of like a short passing and you know box to box kind of a player. But someone to play the ball from deep. I I don't know. I don't maybe Gazelle does that a little bit. Like I, that third midfielder, Chani. By the way, did not look good. So I I don't think he's part of the that discussion currently at for starting position. But yeah. 
I think the the uh, there's a a midfield piece missing. I feel like the the Whitecaps yeah. have never come to grips with having a dominant midfield in the MLS era. Somebody could drive the ball up. The so field. either yeah. they like we've been talking about having Jordy play as the attacking central midfielder, but I don't think he's a true central attacking midfielder. He can play that role, but he's more of a second forward yeah. or a, a wide player who drifts in or whatever. But like someone who's either a purebred attacking midfielder. Or someone who can control the pace of the entire, like the whole, like the whole, like a midfield marshal, like the yeah. whole game runs through them. Well, that, that's the thing. Like right now, to me, it feels like we need what you're saying—a guy that can control the center of the park in particular. But then, how do you fit that in the team with what we've got up front? And that's the that's the tricky, tricky thing just now. And when you look at who we think the starting eleven might be, who I put out on AFTN th- this week, there's only two differences from the team that ended last year, which is Kamara and Juarez. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It does feel like it needs another piece, but I just don't know how you fit that in. But anyway, that's all the, the Whitecaps chat for now. We'll be back with more, though, after this. I'm David Edgar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Who's going to step into the spotlight for Whitecaps FC this season? Could be Kendall Waston. Could be Timmy Park at the back. Could be Blondell or Kamara or somebody up front. We'll find out soon enough. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. I just want to kick this section off with a tweet that we had from Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World. Just going back to something which we were talking about. Yes, it's pre-season, he says. And it was split squads, but if Robbo's plan for this year is better defence, blowing big leads against the USL team and an expansion team is a cause for concern. Although he says alarming might be a, a better word than cause for concern. And I, it is early, but I do, I do have to say that some of the defending was a little bit of a worry, but it is early days. I just hope, though, that we're not going to, to have... 2015, great defence. 2016, poor. 2017, great defence. 2018, is that going to be poor? A player that kind of had those kind of seasons was Timmy Parker. He had a great rookie year. Sophomore year, he admits himself, wasn't the best. Went away with the US national team that pre-season. Didn't have a good season. 2017, great season. 2018, went away with the US national team. Let's just hope it's not history repeating itself. But I got a chance to sit down with Timmy during the week. Well, actually, he was at the airport when I spoke to him, just about to fly off to, to Las Vegas. He was sitting down, I was sitting down, just to chat about all things Whitecaps and a lot more besides. So let's hear now from Timmy Parker. I guess first thing to ask you, Tim, is... The off-season seemed to get shorter and shorter, but how does it feel to, to be back in, in full swing in pre-season right now? It, it feels good. You know, I think, um, obviously, it does kind of seem to get shorter and shorter, but, I mean, to be honest, you kind of start to get 
itching at the fact to get back. So it's good to be back. And of course, this year you you were away with the US national team, so you, you were back a little bit earlier in, in the camp there. It's your second camp, and I know you'll be disappointed that that you didn't get any playing time in the game against Bosnia. But how did you find the, the whole experience this time around? Um, I really enjoyed it. You know, I mean, it's it's definitely fun. It's definitely an honor to get called in, and obviously, um, it was kind of a different feeling camp with a bunch of the younger guys coming up. So it was definitely a different feeling, but it was a lot of fun. You know, a lot of those guys are good friends of mine and guys from around the league. So it was good to get to know people, and then. Obviously, getting a head start on the preseason fact is fun as well. With the team having an interim coach in charge, I mean, did it feel a little bit weird at all? Like, is there is there a lot of uncertainty really about where the program might be going? I don't think there's um, too much uncertainty about where the program's going. You know, I think obviously with Dave stepping in when Bruce stepped down, there's a little bit of a uh, there's just I mean that's going to happen. With there's going to be obviously changes made. I believe yeah. that the organization is going to end up making changes but you know I think Dave has been around the game long enough to know everything he has to know about coaching teams and managing players and stuff like that. And I, I, I'm talking to you about this back in November at, at the end of the season but before we knew that you were you were definitely going to the camp but something that's always I'm always curious about is like when, when you've left a camp like this do, do they say to you well, we'd like you to work in this this season or we're looking for you to do that or did, did they give you any pointers as to, to what you might need to do to, to be in the mix this year? Um, to be honest, no. No, they didn't. Um, they, I mean, obviously they talk to you throughout the camp about in drills and such on like that but they never really kind of pull you aside to tell you about that. But to me, I think, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I want to improve on is kind of self-improvement and stuff that I need to clean up and handle. And talking of that, you're you're about to enter your your fourth season now uh, in Major League Soccer. Does it feel that it's been that long? Because it seems to have flown by for for us watching you. Yeah, no, it's definitely felt like it's flown by. You know, I mean, it's been a good three years you now, and I'm obviously excited to enter my fourth year. And no, it definitely feels like it's flown by. But uh, obviously, I think I'm, I'm growing, growing quite a bit. So I hope that growth continues. From when you first came into to the league from college and in your rookie season to to where you are now, how, how much do you feel you've grown as a player? A lot, a lot, honestly. Um, I think I'm a lot more comfortable. Just, I think I've grown to know the game a lot more as well, which makes things easier for me on the field. Now, when we spoke back in November, we were, we were talking about how unlucky you were with, with goals, and you said you were like the the king of the the almost goal. Pre-season in Hawaii, though, you, you seem to get off to a flying start with, with two goals already. I mean, do you feel this could be the season that you, that you have a big, big breakthrough in the goals? Yeah, yeah. You know, I hope so. I think, obviously, it's about it's about being in the right place at the right time and obviously taking advantage of it. And, um, last year, maybe I didn't do it to the best of my ability and being able to fully finish those opportunities. But this year is something that I look forward to doing. It's something I, I spoke to Kendall about, I spoke to, to Kai about that as well. Big, big presence now in both boxes, like not just attacking but also defending with, with set pieces. Last year the team did so well, you led the league in, in headed goals. Is there a sort of buzz about the team that you, you know that set piece play is just going to be so, so crucial to the team this season? Yeah, yeah, you know, I think um, obviously we have some big guys. 
So I think everyone's looking forward to getting the opportunity to get up there and hopefully get a piece of something. And having a couple of experienced guys come in like Kai and, and Effie Juarez, have you noticed that there's kind of a, a different feeling in the group just now? Yeah, yeah, a bit. I think, um, you know, I think we've always had experienced guys, but I think um, these two guys are kind of, they're very vocal. So they like to be involved and they like to explain things in their, in their own way. So I think obviously having them around, it, it's eye-opening to some people, but it's a good way. And one of the things which Robo has talked about, we might not have seen too much of it in Hawaii so far, and I don't know if we'll see it this week in California, but maybe switching to a three-at-the-back system. How how comfortable are you with that? How familiar are you with playing with three three at the back? I mean, I'd be comfortable with it. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the way we're going to do things this year or whatnot, but um, yeah, I guess that's something that we'll have to see. The, the team bounced off at the semi-final stage in 2015 and 2017. You, you were involved with, with both of those groups. What what do you feel has to happen this year to, to take that jump, to to move the team to that next level? Yeah, so I think maybe just the way we kind of, we need to be able to step up in those games and, ha- and be able to control them. You know, I think looking back on last year's game, especially at Seattle, I think um, we were okay with possibly getting an away goal instead of the mentality of getting the first goal. You know, I think that was, that's more important is to get the first goal rather than getting away goal because I think it's kind of the mentality and it's kind of a killer mentality that we should have. Yeah, you look around the league and there there's so many teams that they're spending lots of money, they're bringing in some, some top quality talent. In Vancouver, we've always kind of, we've gone more for a team mentality and a squad mentality. And I asked Kendall about this as well and he, he says he feels it's important that that you play as a squad, but do, do you genuinely feel this this team can compete this year against all all these sort of big spending teams that you're facing? I think so. I think um, obviously some teams like to spend the money, and obviously some teams get the output that they want out of it. But we're hoping to get the output out of the guys that um, that we can. You know, and I think that's what we're banking on. That's great. Thank you so much for your time, Tim. Enjoy the heat. I'm sure you'll be glad to to get back to it. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Thank you. That's great. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Timmy Parker there. It's a centre-back special tonight. I think we're going to call this episode the centre of the Whitecaps universe because that's the, the guys that we have. But... Yeah, I mean, Timmy and, and Waston, they, they make a really good partnership. We talked about that just before, but how confident are you in the de- defence this year? I mean, if we are going for four at the back, it looks like it's going to be Narwinski with De Jong. If we go for three at the back, De Jong, maybe Edgar, who's at least great to see him back yeah, on the pitch. that was awesome. Yeah, Aaron Mond, I still Who? think he's going to get moved on. It's hard. Who to are you see. packaging him with now? No, no. I think he'll. Henry still. I think he'll probably stay because they're probably not. They, they, at this point, they're not going to bring anybody else in. But uh, they could be worried, I guess, about Henry's health as well. And, and there's no point of packaging him off anywhere, anyways, because he's not. You're not going to get value from. It's him. pronounced yeah. Henri. Oh, oh, we can't mention that with Joe here. We've talked about that last week. Don't get all handsy with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Has your faith in the defense been shaken by these two preseason games? 
No. Not really. The not not in the center at least. The fullbacks are still kind of developing, but um it's more like the midfield protection that we that I was more concerned of, but you know, it's preseason. Like they're not at a hundred percent yet, really. And you, and you have like, like we said, they have you have mixed squads. Yeah. And they're not, they're not everybody's like the. Uh, you don't have the fullbacks. Like Nowitzki was playing today. He's normally the right back. You have uh, Gazal who would have played in front of those guys. I don't think we can really take too much at all from exactly from what happened today. It's going to be interesting but, to see what happens in training because you assume oh, with, yeah. with no game the weekend before. And it's going it's to be a young LA team, like LA Galaxy team that they play on Wednesday apparently, oh, right. so it's not Wednesday. even like a full... But there's no one next weekend, right? No. I assume Unless next, they arrange anything else. Next weekend it or could early... Be a, it could be a college they yeah, play. Yeah, they, they could play SFU well, ne- or UBC. Next weekend or early next week, if they don't line anything else up, I would imagine there's going to be some really intense scrimmages in training. Yeah, that should be fun to watch. I mean, we could even possibly put a little team together. Could, We've could. got 12, 13 guys now yep. in the AFTN crew. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. I'm almost... At a hundred percent, like sixty-five. For I'm you. I'm never a hundred percent, but we'll see. no, I'm at sixty-five. That's almost done. <laughs> can I be the the tactical genius? You can be whatever you want. Oh. I have to mention something though from the Las Vegas game that really impressed me, and that was Kai Kamara's defensive play. There was a number of times he was back in the box and he was like dealing with the crosses in, yeah. doing what Kendall Waston does, and the work rate that he put in was very very impressive. And when I spoke to Kai. Just after they had kind of come back, and that that was in our one of our extra podcasts, he said that he prides himself on that. Kamara was impressive to me, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do defensively. The Whitecaps are definitely going to be a threat in both boxes, just hopefully not to themselves in their own box. But talking to Kai Kamara, here is a, a little bit that, that we did with him when he, when he first came here, just talking about his favourite season. <laughs> What's your favourite season? And when you look back at all your seasons in the league here, overseas and stuff as well, what, what do you feel? What's your favourite season amongst all that? What's been the one that's oh, given man. you the most joy? Oh man, I, I can't say. I mean, obviously, I'm sure one or two people might say going into the final with Columbus, but it's not really about that. You know, I've been through really, really. Uh, good times when I was in Kansas City, helping build a team from the Wizards to Sporting um, to one of the you know biggest franchise in the league so far. So for me, it's really you know when I win a championship, that's going to be you know my biggest season. So that's uh, that's still you know in the works. Cool. Great. Thanks right. so much, Thanks, guys. guys. Yeah. What's your favorite season? Now I'm pretty sure that summer's my favorite season. You've said every other season. I like the leaves of golden brown No, that's autumn, you're a clown I like the flowers when in bloom No, that's spring, you thick baboon Thick baboon Kai Kamara there talking about his favourite season and let's hope this year is his favourite season when he helps the Whitecaps lift an MLS Cup Yep, the drugs and medication are strong tonight up here Oh, sure Anyway, just before we finish this section off, something we've been running for the last few weeks was our trivia. Feels like months. Yeah. <laughs> a, a few listeners have said that to me as well. But don't worry, we, we've not got any trivia tonight. Oh, why not? I know, I ran out of time to, to, to oh, get Oh, we could do one question things. for opening kick. Who gets opening kick? Oh. Oh, yeah, um, but yeah, we, we did our, our draft thing. Uh, Zach cheated by Whoa. having knowledge <laughs> um, and, and won the three rounds that we did. 
which involved us then picking some players. And we picked some defenders and goalkeepers. Yes. We picked some midfielders yes. and some strikers. And, and a white cap. Yeah, and St- Steve can explain a little bit more. So uh, essentially, we're you're gonna review, we're gonna reveal eleven. We're gonna put it up on Twitter, and uh, you're gonna everybody's gonna be asked to vote of who would win in in a in a ninety minute match. And so, you guys want to reveal your starting level? Zach, do you want to go first? Sure. So who's the goal? Starting in goal, I have. He's not fit right now, but when he is fit, don't worry about whether he's fit or not. Just okay. Just, Bayern Munich and Germany. Everybody's fit. Everybody's uh, and the white cap, two white cap Manuel players are in their Neuer. Part. Manuel Neuer. I, and then I've gone with a three-one-three-three formation. Yeah. So making my back three from left to right is Alain Rocha, who would who would be considered in his prime for this game. Diego Godin. Athletical Merchant. Sideshow Bob, also known as David Luiz. From Chelsea. My one uh, very holding defensive midfielder is uh, Conte. Also from Chelsea. Uh, then left to right in my midfield, so playing a little bit wider to the left, is Wales' Gareth Bale. Centrally is Robles Cro- friend. Croatia's Luka Modric. And uh, out on the right, where he does play quite a bit, if people don't know this, but is Bayern Munich and Germany's Thomas Müller. And my th- front three going from left to right on the left is uh, a diminutive Argentine named L- Lionel Messi. Uh, yeah. My uh, center attacking um, big man in the box striker is Belgium's Romelu Lukaku. And on the right side is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Solid. Interesting. Now, the other interesting thing was Zach had a lot of first picks yeah. in this. But he chose players that he liked yeah. as opposed to possibly the best players. So I'm I'm not trying to sway anyone, but my team is fantastic, and I I'm like Robbo. I don't get caught up in formations, <laughs> but I have gone for a rather unique three-two-three-two. Not sure if many teams are playing that these days. There was a, Schalke played it like a year or two ago. Oh, well, I I'm just like Schalke, but in goals we have Hugo Lloris. Tottenham. I was waiting for that. Good play. My, my back three, on the right-hand side, I've got Danny Alves. In the middle, I've got Andy O'Brien, Andy O'Brien, Andy, Andy, Andy O'Brien. And Sergio Ramos makes up my defence. So you've got the popular Barcelona, Real Madrid, Whitecaps, the, the back three. Excellent. Then I've kind of got a uh, two- Danny Alves doesn't play at Barcelona anymore. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a two-man kind of defensive midfield, although playing really deep is Casimiro. And then alongside of him is Arturo Vidal. Ooh. I remember when the draft happened, uh, uh, Zach was hurt when he made that pick because he wanted him. Mm. I didn't think you were going to pick him, so I left him out there. Why not? I I like Vidal. I remember watching him in the 2007 uh, (laughs) World Cup here in Canada. I never made it over in time for that. I had tickets, but I never made it over in time. Oh, you missed out. Well, East Fife had to win the league. They didn't, but that that was what delayed me. So who's in your centre of yeah, your Yeah, my, my, my three midfielders. Who's in your centre first? In my centre, I've got uh, my, my old friend James Rodriguez. James. Call him what he is. He's James. Another Bayern Munich player. Philippe Coutinho. Now Barcelona. And a guy that I hate, but I picked him because I admit he's talented, Neymar. Formerly of Barcelona. Up front. Another couple of guys that I don't really like, but I picked them for their talent. Luis Suarez, adding some bite to my team. <laughs> and Cristiano Ronaldo. Adding some pout. Yeah, there's, there's, just, there's too many players that I couldn't take. 
So, uh, uh, Joe, you, you do match previews for AFTN.ca. If these guys, if this was their the game coming up, how would you break it down? Well, obviously, like if these two teams were to play each other, it wouldn't be anything close to the quality of the Whitecaps games that we see week in, week out. But I think I can spare some time to kind of preview this now, matchup. Now, now, remember, Andy O'Brien, Alan Rochat in their prime. Yeah. So, that's so the, Andy that's O'Brien is like obviously Ireland World Cup 2002. That goes without saying. Andy O'Brien before he was one of the Whitecaps. Um, <laughs> okay, so this game is going to be packed in the midfield. Big so time. <laughs> on on Michael's on Michael's side, you have Arturo Vidal and Casemiro, who both sit quite deep. Although Arturo Vidal will like two foot tackle anything that moves, so you have to watch out for that. So Luka Modric might might not make it through the game. Um, but on the other side, you have Kante. So those are arguably. Like, He'll be running all over the pitch. Absolutely, yeah. cover every blade of grass. Like so, the, mid, the midfield wor- will be congested. Aren't you worried that if he's running all over the pitch, that he might not be able to cover the back three? That's of, the of thing. Zach's? Um, I'm looking at Zach's midfield and who's going to cover if those two midfielders are going to take are, are taken out. Yeah. Thomas Muller is a great player. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Thomas Muller. Um, like the work he does is is unbelievable. Com- like the way he finds finds space and things like that. But that's very much in a going forward kind of a sense. If you compare the two the front lines, um, of course, you have the one of the best players of all time, Lionel Messi, on on Zach's team. You have uh, Belgian all time leading goal scorer Romelu Lukaku. He was only 23 years old. <laughs> and uh, new new Arsenal signing, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. You know, there's pace there, there's skill there, there's power there on, on Zach's side. But on the other on the other end, you have Cristiano Ronaldo, who, you know, in the big games like this one, he's, he could show up. Um, and you have you have Neymar behind him as well. And who will tend to go forward, even yeah. though if he's playing. One thing, though, there could be a lot of yellow cards for simulation in this game. Yeah, <laughs> both teams. <laughs> exactly. And then finally, just comparing the goalkeepers, uh, Neuer is above Larice in my mind all, all day long. Um, although hopefully it's the fit version of Neuer, not the Neuer. No, it is. For he's six fit. Months. He's fit. Okay. Don't worry. Um, and one player to watch out for, I would say, Danny Alves, because in in um, in the PSG game uh, last week in the Champions League, he played center attacking midfield for 25 minutes. So uh, it might be a two at the back instead of three at the back for most of the game for Michael. So let us know what you think. Vote on the Twitter poll and uh, tell us who you think would win in a regular game in 90 minutes. Now, I, I don't understand football manager or FIFA, but can anyone put these teams in and have a kind of simulation? Oh, we could do that. Yeah, Joe, maybe oh, we can do that. Awesome. We'll see. Yeah, maybe we'll... do maybe uh, uh, a simulation every day. That way to sway, if, if you have time. Please course. make sure you get my my tactics. <laughs> and, and as Joe mentioned, there will be a lot of simulation anyway. I don't know if I could find it's gonna be hard to do the... in the game, though. That's the one problem. Yeah, that's the... Like, he's get, retired now, so... Maybe get somebody who's equal to him right now. John O'Shea. John okay, O'Shea, good. maybe, yeah. <laughs> So that'll be interesting. Yep, so so watch our social media stuff for that. Anyway, we'll be back with more after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
the cure there. Yeah, and and the reason why we play like I I like doing like this day in history or whatever of music, but actually what I found was it was this day in uh, animation history where Robert Smith battled Barbra Streisand in an episode of the South Park. The uh, South Park? It was South Park, whatever. <laughs> it's past midnight right now, so was it yesterday yeah. or? Oh, well, it was yesterday, uh. sorry. But okay, <laughs> 20 years ago on Sunday, Robert Smith as Mothra uh, battled oh. uh, Mecha Godzilla Barbara Streisand. It was one of the episodes that were like the first year of South Park. Fant- it's still on, I think, 21 years in. It's fantastic. You I, would have act- the, I have the first season of South Park you on would, DVD. You should watch. It's the second last episode, so you should watch it. It's fantastic. It's, 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 and, and you would actually enjoy it because it's so politically incorrect. Oh, I, I love South Park. I met the, the two guys behind it in Edinburgh when they were, they were over doing a show, and I, I got them to sign some stuff. It was great. So speaking of comics... Do, have you seen Black Panther? Oh, Black Panther! Yeah, that's why I played that song yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah. no, it's fantastic movie. Um, I would recommend uh, even if you don't follow Marvel, Marvel yeah. or watch very it's many worth- comic book movies, this one is definitely worth watching. Um, it you and you don't have to worry about like losing track of what's going on in the no. world. It's it's oh, so great, really self-contained, but really. So, good. Have you seen it? I might have seen it twice already. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm planning on watching it a second time I, next week. I, I saw it with students uh, on Thursday night, and then Kirk and I. Ended up going to yesterday. We watched it on Thursday night. Yeah, uh, uh, first showing. I, I just blown away by how good it was. So who would win in a fight then between the Black Panther and the Pink Panther? <laughs> Black Panther. Okay. Yeah. Cluso has down. Cluso has no chance. No, I meant the cartoony guy. Oh, the cartoony guy. Definitely no chance still. Oh, here he is, the Pink Panther. Boom, the Pink Panther. Have you ever seen a panther so pink? Loved that when I was a kid. Yeah. He was a groovy cat. He was. Do you know who else was a groovy cat or is a groovy cat? Kaku, apparently. Oh. And that brings us to our MLS News of the Week. Never did work in the the intro. Still waiting on the intro there. (laughs) Well, let's kick things off with Kaku. Okay. New York Red Bulls have finally signed Kaku, the 23-year-old Argentine young DP. Kaka retired. Kaku's in an MLS now. Never heard of, but everyone seems really excited by him. But Kaka's gone. Yeah. From MLS now. Kaka's gone. Now, see, I've heard of Kaka. Yeah. I've heard of Kaki. I had some slacks. Um, I'm assuming the Whitecaps will sign Kako, (laughs) but Kaku has gone to New York Red Bulls. I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) He's Argentinian. Should we be excited? We, why, why would we be excited about a Dead Bull signing? Does anyone know who he is? He'll be no a, one here likes Dead Bull, Michael. He'll be in Austria in a couple of years. Yeah, the Red Bull Network, or maybe Leipzig if he's yeah. if he does really well. You know, I was at my local grocer the other day, and as I looked at, I looked over at the the, the energy drink standings, if you will. I was very happy to see Beaver Buzz at the top. Of <laughs> well, I mean, he, he's going to give them wings, obviously, because he is a winger, but. I, I think this is a non-story at this point. Yeah. Until we well, see him Everyone's play. raving about him. I just yeah. I wanted to know if I was well, the only one that had the, no idea what, who he was. Did they announce all the amounts? Uh, no, it's MLS. Yeah, okay. I think so. uh, now, there's going to be mixed emotions for Zach, surely, because <laughs> FC Dallas and Bayern Munich have signed a development player deal. Yeah. Meaning You're- that players from both academies have the chance to play either in the US or Deutschland. Yeah. Zach, your thoughts in 30 seconds. Yeah, I think it's a great move for FC Dallas <laughs> and some of their uh, players that they've been bringing through. I think if you're Bayern, which is a lot of them. Yeah, if you if, if you read about the stuff, and I've read it both on the MLS side and Bayern side. That, you know, Bayern's been working hard to 
um, engage more fans, supporters, people in, in North America, the U.S. particular. They opened an office there, obviously, back in, I think, 2014 when they played in the All-Star game. And they just want another, they're looking at opportunities at developing players. And if you're, and they look at MLS and it's hard to argue FC, what FC Dallas has done with young players. And so I think it makes sense for them in that, on that level. And then again, for Dallas, it's a no brainer. It's one of the, one of the clubs that when you look over the last decade or two, they have brought through some of their own young players. They give young players a chance. It, it is one of the places really where if you're, if you're good enough, you're old enough kind of thing. And so uh, we'll see how it works out long term. I think it'll be interesting to see how this translates to, for FC Dallas in particular, like of what kind of players they get. Like, do they get, you know, the coaching techniques that, you know, those Bayern coaches, like, is there a, a coaching deal as well where during the off season the coaches can go to Germany to learn? Like, that would be a lot more valuable, I think, in the short term compared to players because supposedly this is more of a youth player kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, like, Dallas won't be getting... Bayern players on loan or anything like that. They Bayern have a second team to do that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, we know when we listen to stories of coaches, you think of Martin Pert's story, whatever he talks about traveling the world and and just showing up at grounds and trying to and and connecting with friends he knows in coaching, saying, "Can I come and connect with and see how you're you're coaching?" Yeah, Dallas will have an opportunity to connect with Bayern, who obviously yeah. works at a very high level. Well, I just want to throw this out there: the the White Caps. Could do this with East Fife. If anyone listening to this is interested, let me know and I'll, I'll hook this up. I'd rather do it with, uh, if, if there was a German team, I'd do it with Dortmund. They seem to really develop players well. About the East Fife thing. And who, so, who, so, so, sorry, so well that Bayern Munich seems to t- tends to steal all of them. <laughs> but that's usually. everyone. That's Hoffenheim. That's yeah, they steal every, off every every German team. Uh, we, is it stealing when players are out of contract or when you pay a transfer fee? But like the Schalke thing, I, I was it Leon Grot. Goretzka. Yeah, Goretzka. He's like signing on a free transfer from Schalke, and he's like they're basically they're like Jesus figure, <laughs> like the savior how about, of how about, Schalke. How about Mary yeah, Goat Goats or something like that? that yeah, he Goetze. signed just before the Champions League. Yeah, and then they couldn't play him because of that. That was no. funny. but about the East Five Fight exactly thing. Which down. which club would be the parent club, That's and which club would be <laughs> the? Well, I mean, we play more young players, so I think East Five would be the the main team in that. We we'll have to see what Babo says about that. A couple of other additions uh, to talk about this week. One definite, one looks to be definite. TFC um, have added a Brazilian defender, Oro. Yeah. Another on loan guy. I'm surprised you're adding this stuff into the MLS news. This seems like non-news to me. Again, well, it was, a, it was I, a quiet MLS news yeah, week. Yeah. But so we don't got an option to, to buy from St. Paulo. It's because it's the Canadian. Yeah, sure. Good depth addition, if nothing else. Are they represented Brazil at U17 and U20 level. But also, looks, and this is maybe a, maybe a bigger one, they're going to add a Sp- Spanish midfielder. You can tell us his name, Steve. No, I ain't touching that. <laughs> I, I think it's Asia Aquets. He's 24. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost certain that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> He's with Atletico Bilbao just now, although he spent last year on loan with Cadiz. They terminated his contract. Yeah, so it looks like he is coming over. But they keep adding these guys, and no room for Canadians there. It's sad. No room for Canadians either on ESPN Plus. Yeah, this is this is potentially very very frustrating. Yeah, I mean this is one of the big news stories of the week. For MLS sure. Live is no more, which I'm disappointed by because I got it free as an MLS writer. <laughs> but ESPN Plus in the US, it's four ninety nine a month, which is better value than MLS yeah. Live, and you're getting lots of other sports as well. Yeah. $80 it is for MLS Live or was o- over the year. So, I mean, for the league, it's great in the US. 
getting them to a wider audience. Just not for Canadians. Well, they're still they're still working on it. There's a couple options. Obviously, there's a um, a, a service from TSN. I think it's called TSN Go. Uh, I'm not sure what you have to do to sign up for that. It's very very simple. If you have TSN in your cable package, you all do you it. do is you go on the website, yeah. you click live, you click whatever you want to watch, and, it, and then it says it, who's it links. Your, it links to your links provider. to your online account, yeah. and you click on your provider and you put in your, your so people, same password you were on your provider's page so people who cut the cord are going to be they're going to have to they're, either they're going to have to pay or something or they will have to do I, I don't think it's pay. available as pay will but then st- will there still be like the in-market problems like that's that's why i had I mls it, live for a little bit and then i stopped because you can't watch the white caps games until a day i after think if it's tsn then it won't be a problem at all yeah because they'll they will market that out now uh the other option is that uh i think is the zone they have been. They have a, quite a few overseas stuff, like champions. Uh, Michael, you're you're signed up to it. Darts, obviously, you want. Yeah, I love it. Great darts. But but what else services do they have? They have Syria. Uh. I just watch the darts. The only issue is whether it's the zone championship, English championship. With, whether it's the zone or TSN Go, the only issue is if you have an account with the zone. Say you're traveling in the U.S. like I did last year. Oh yeah, I can't. Access yes. that because it'll be geo blocked or whatever. Because oh, VPNs, you yeah, you could always get VPNs, yeah, yeah, for sure. But that would be an issue for somebody that doesn't want to do VPNs. Well, you just when you're in the states, you sign up for ESPN for four ninety nine for the month, or you can go the trial fee. Well, if they you, probably have a trial ninety day. MLS Live didn't work with the VPNs. I did try that. Yeah, um, or something. I, I know someone. I them. know someone who tried to do that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> like, if if. If TSN Go had it, had all the MLS games, that would be a great investment, right? Like, if especially if you like TSN is you know is one that, of the main channel. Is that in, factual in or is that just us? Is that speculation? It, there's nothing official right now, yeah. right? There's, okay. the, there was like one line official. at the end of the of the. Of We're the working on Canada, that, exactly right, and like the MLS champions are Canadian. For it's like, like it's like they were putting out the press release, and someone's like, "You got to say something about Canada. Don't put it out." <laughs> at a later date is the official wording of it, but yeah. Now I, we all, you, now you also found out that there's some exchange rate. We figured out what the exchange yeah. rate is from GAM to TAM. Forgot to mention this last week, but to me, this this is like peak this, MLS. This is yeah. TFC last week got two hundred twenty-five thousand in GAM in exchange for sending 337,500 in TAM to DC United. Nothing else involved. No, making an exchange rate of 1.5 TAM to 1 GAM. Now, does, does that go up and down with inflation? Is it linked to the stock market? Is this MLS's answer to Bitcoin? Does that mean we can send Bobble down the mines to get some mining going and he'll have his little hard hat on? And I mean, who knows what's going to happen? It'll it'll be interesting to see. Like, okay. uh, but I mean, our, our team uh, is someone going to do a trade, and we're going to be like, "Oh, they've overpaid for Tam well, Gam." That, no, no but, because now, because in actuality, this kind of does help because you get to know if somebody sends fifty thousand uh, Tam and fifty thousand Gam, you know that's actually seventy five thousand of Gam, and you know you can. But, but that's one twenty five Gam. It's so it's so interesting. I want to get the calc. This uh, is the first time abacus out, so it doesn't truly like if there was like. Ten times, and then well, you, sets, then you've, sets, uh, I mean, the first time sets yeah, the tone. No, but look at what happened. Look at what happened with uh, Dax McCarty. He was like the, I think, the first player that was traded or bigger player that was traded for allocation money when their amounts were being reported. And when you look back on that, they only got four hundred. Where now there's guys going over for a million. The market changed drastically in one year. The, uh, just one thing: we all understand why this is being done, right? Because GAM is more flexible than TAM. Yeah. Right. Okay. So just yeah. Yeah. 
Because GAM you can basically use on any player to buy it's, them down. GAM Tam, is more flexible than you think it would more valuable. I just looked it, up, it is. That's why there was less of it. I just looked up the price oh, gotcha. of right. I just looked up the price of spam the uh, the food, and uh, it works out to be like around twenty thousand spam per gam oh. or something like that. Wow. Per one thousand gam or yeah. Man, I love spam. Corn beef oh, more. Oh damn it! That's how the Whitecaps are going to spend it on spam. Yeah, this will be a spam giveaway at the at the well, one of the BC uh, the games. Hey, I'm all for that. BC I'll be I'll place. be down there. I'll be getting my spam. Oh I no! What if it's that's a, the press food? <gasps> I love spam. Spam fritters spam. are if fantastic. If they give that, I'll, I'll wrap mine up and give it to you for Christmas. Awesome. So if you want to send spam to us, that'll be fantastic. Leave, leave a and by spam, I mean the edible type. Tin the tin of spam on every seat. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. Th- those keys, though, could be kind of complicated. And you don't want then folk throwing spam oh. tins on the pitch. <laughs> Whacking off some of the pro referees' heads. It, it'll be worse than the, you know, the, the what do you call, the, the opening game. The, when they toss the, the ponchos. ponchos, ponchos, yeah, poncho oh, toss, it'll spam. be spam toss. Oh, man. Bam, bam, thank you, spam. I'm, I'm not going to be happy until I've seen a wet, soggy piece of spam hit off Toledo's head <laughs> as he tries to walk <laughs> off the pitch. So Wait, he, does, so he does, he does, con- he does condone violence. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so hungry now after listening to that. Oh man, oh, I, I could murder spam or even a chocolate digestive. Let's see. If David Norman could. It's late at night, you want a hot drink. Do you, is your beverage of choice tea or coffee? Tea for sure. I what kind of tea? tea? Like English breakfast, all that, but I try to keep that because it has caffeine. So I try not to have that like after four or five or else I'll be up all night. So I'll go for yeah. herbal at night. I'll go for like some peppermint, something like that. And you, are you a biscuit person? I do, I do, yeah, I do like sweets for sure. What kind of, uh, that's what's your kinda. favorite biscuit of, of choice? Um, I like the British biscuits, so uh, like Scottish shortbread, I'll go, for, ah. I'll go probably for something like that. And are you yeah. a dunker? Yeah, for sure. Dunk by, yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah. Thanks so much, We're David, good, good luck this season. Yeah, Thanks. Right. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Hey, it's Marco Bustos. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. a nice song there that's Steve, a good song tell us who it was it was uh, now I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly that would be a first uh, it would be <laughs> Hallie Hallow 
Uh, because there's a, a squiggly line over the O at the end, um, uh, so I'm not 100% sure. But uh, she is the girlfriend of Marco Bustos, oh. Caps fame, uh, who currently is playing in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, the track is called Going Strong. It's her uh, debut single, and uh, it's all available on Spotify, iTunes, and everything like that. I'm, well, folks should just go and buy yeah, it. Go support check Marco's out, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, check out Marco. Flights she, to Chile are expensive. Yeah, so. and she, she- Mexico. Mexico. I know, he's going to end up in Chile. Oh. I'm pretty sure of that. But they could eventually end up being the uh, the new Shakira, JRPK couple of football. Mm. I'd like to hear Marco doing a duet. Can Marco sing? Do we have, know? If we talk to Zach Reckliff, I'm sure he has video footage from his uh, his rookie singing. Oh, of yeah, yeah, course. Sure does, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, let, let's keep the musical theme going. It's time now for my favorite part of the show, Wavelength. <laughs> Maybe no one else's. And last week, we had an Irish band to, to make Joe feel at home. And I've gone Irish again for Joe. But don't, don't worry, Zach. I'm going to have a German themed thing next week just to, to make you feel better but this one is from 1990 and it's an unofficial Irish World Cup song by one of my all-time favorite Irish bands the Pogues and the Dubliners well if it's a World Cup 1990 song then it is a, a good thing for the Germans so it's, it's all good oh but anyway this is just simply called Jack's Heroes <laughs> Sing and cheer in harmonies And the throats are cracked and sore But there is no doubt You'll hear them shout When Jackie's heroes score Toorinoo, toorinoo And we'll follow Jack's heroes Whatever they do They come from Dublin And from Cork From Nero and Donegal From London, Boston and New York, from anywhere at all. From Parramatta to Fairmoy, Strabane to Skibbering. And will the show go up when the World Cup is raised on Stephen's Green? Yes, it will! Charlotte! Shamrock Shore. Turn it out! Hey! 
Tooraloo indeed, the Pogues and the Dubliners there from 1990 with Jack's Heroes. Ah, the 1990 World Cup. This year's one's coming around soon. I'm sure we might be talking about some of those things when we get to BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories and links. Make it part of your everyday routine. Visit bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye in this site this week, Steve? Okay, so a couple of stuff from the international side of it. Um, we're going to start off with a kind of a dreary news item, but it's, I think it's an important one to talk about. Ex-football coach Barry Benall, guilty of sex abuse. He's got, been convicted thirty of basically found guilty of 36 uh, charges against 10 complaints, several more charges to go. He was involved with a Man City and a couple other things. Um, essentially, the reason why I want to bring this up is the players actually went to his house and like the he was treated like a god by the parents and stuff like that and the team and the, the reason why I want to bring this up, don't trust everybody watch your kids talk to your kids make sure they, you know what they're doing make sure your kids are able to talk to you and, and I just wanted to say that because it's it's a terrible news you heard about the stuff in Michigan State and the U.S. gymnastics and now this it's just it's just watch out for your kids this, I know this was a different time because. There, uh, nobody thought of this stuff happening, but it's. N- well, I mean, that was the thing; it went on for so long. Yeah. By a trusted individual that was at so many clubs, and this is probably the tip of the iceberg. You just don't know how many folk haven't even reported these things. Exactly. Whenever, whenever, when, like they were talking about, um, uh, like 150 people uh, went against the gymnastics coach or doctor. Um, they're thinking that's probably actually 250 that mm-hmm. actually were abused. And, the 100 people just didn't want to come forward and, and put themselves well, out there. In that story you were mentioning, he actually got convicted when he came to the States. Yeah, exactly. And then he went back to England and it was as if, like, a couple of cases came up, but, like, it was as if nothing had really yeah. happened, right? So, like, you have to wonder, I think, was it Leeds that they that they were investigating? There was a couple of teams, yeah. yeah. like, the club should have done more exactly. about that, you know. The club have a huge responsibility about that, I think. Well, when the story first broke as well, all these stories came out about clubs trying to cover it up yeah. and play it down or make payments to some yeah. of the parents and, and stuff like that, which yeah. is terrible. He, and he was fired for an unspecified reason. Like, yeah. You, can't, you don't just fire and, someone for And no then because you do that, then they're gonna go, he, that coach is going to go to another team and they're not going to yeah. know what it is. And well, he, he was at three one, teams. Like, yeah. He was at Coventry, Manchester City, and Leeds United. Like, yeah. Those are three big teams. Yeah. Um, next story, uh, Russia World Cup blackout in Ukraine as TV shuns broadcasts. Because the uh, Ukrainian reporters' press passes were refused. Hmm. So essentially Russia is not uh, giving press passes to Ukraine uh, reporters. And the Ukrainian, bro- the broadcasters have t- decided to stand in solidarity with them and just not broadcast it in Ukraine. So there won't be any World Cup for those people yeah. who want to watch it there. That's unfortunate. Going back to the last story, that, that's oh. like, that's tragic. Like yeah. That, yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you heal from that? Like, yeah. Like that, I I can't. There, there's I, some very touching interviews on the Guardian that I recommend if if you want to read about that kind of stuff. Like they actually interview the players who have, uh, or the past players who have come out and, like actually, like 
brought this stuff to the yeah. public public eye. And and and, and uh, uh, we talked about the gymnastics doctor before too. I watched a lot of those testimonials that uh, whatever not the testimonials the the when the women came up and kind of in the uh, sentencing the trial? yeah yeah and sentencing and kind of talked to the and mm-hmm. it brought tears to your eyes because yeah. you know these the, these kids are like eight nine ten eleven years old and yeah. uh, you they, just hope that these people and their families have community around them yeah that exactly. They can, heal and walk through this process with about the ukraine thing i think i it's hard to disagree with their stance is it like they're they they feel like they've been wronged there's like a illegal occupation of their country by the country that's hosting the world cup so like i i tend to think there's nothing really wrong with what they're doing there on a on like an opinion based kind of a thing um, a couple quick hits. Uh, UEFA wants the referees to push serious foul play and protect football's image. There was, and this is really Man City um, pushing for this because apparently they've been complaining about a lot of injuries. Uh, uh, Leroy Sané uh, was one yeah. that got hurt because of that. I, I've heard of rumors of uh, tactical fouls, like they're thinking about giving them straight red cards. Yeah, like that's it would be an interesting oh, thing. That, like, would, that would change the game. Absolutely, but it would like cut down the amount of like so many times you see a promising counter attack and someone just taking one for the taking one for the team, right? Um, it would be interesting to kind of, as a like a thought exercise, to see how that you would. Think, work, yeah, you know? think it lead to more goals. It would, I, but I, but like you would get more players sent off, and that would change the game. I think it has to be thought out a little bit better. Um, uh, uh, bans are being sought for thirty six players for match fixing in La Liga. Um, uh, some high profile players. I think probably the most highest. Well, the one I know is Andre Herrera from uh, from yeah. Man United. Um, they're saying this is nothing. Uh, they're disputing all this, so it's interesting to see the Spa- Sp- Spanish people, uh, government seems to be going after a lot of football yeah. players for tax evasion tax and, and this. And it there, seems like there's a really interesting uh, series of books called The Secret Footballer. It's qu- quite old now, but they're really enjoyable. Um, and the because this guy doesn't have to worry about um, you know legal stuff because he's writing anonymously, he talks about match fixing like quite openly and like like lower leagues like i think he was playing in cyprus or something like that and like just open match fixing like i think we like to think it's not there in the sport but and there are organizations that are dedicated to finding match fixing and different batting patterns and things like that yeah. but like it's something that needs to be clamped down on like is juventus a few years ago the calciopoli yeah. scandal like that stuff it happens right is that nosa igabor uh is that low, <laughs> lower level cyprus oh yeah. is he oh yeah that's where he ended up right well, yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking, obviously. Well, there were stories of like a mafia guy walking into the dressing room being like, uh, let two goals in. And then yeah. like he walked out and everyone just, you know, kept going, you know. Well, in addition to the the big money in match fixing, there's big money being thrown around in, in the Premier League. They've secured a $4.46 billion deal. And this is why you see always English clubs spending so much yeah. at the transfer windows for domestic TV rights. And there's two packages left to yeah. be negotiated so this is just the first package and this is only domestic people talk about the tv deals uh, for 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 the uk yeah and that's only the domestic ones like yeah. the asian rights are huge like, and not just middle the, east is huge and not just the big clubs like it used to be like now because like leicester is hugely popular in thailand for obvious reasons and things yeah. like that like there's big market there for these everyone, teams everyone loves the fox no because the owners of leicester are from know, thailand and yeah <laughs> Um, final story in the international window. Um, uh, uh, four players from West Brom were uh, facing curfew. Um, I, uh, Alan Pardew put a curfew during a training session. They decided to steal a cab in order to get home because they, well, maybe they couldn't wait. Well, it was it was five a.m. Yeah, and senior players as well. Someone yeah, tweeted they, out they've they, actually they, they, they've they, they stolen as many taxis as they have 
wins okay. since September, <laughs> which is one. News from, obviously we talked about the election last week. There are quite a few articles, especially on Monday, uh, from different sources about what Carlos Cordero is what his platform is going to be uh, when it regards women's soccer, um, youth soccer, um, the World Cup and everything like that. So I recommend reading a lot on that. Um, he's. It seems like the youth soccer is really behind him. Um, he seems to be on their side uh, as well. Like uh, um, So it seems like youth soccer and the players were really behind him and then MLS kind of swooped in because they wanted to be on the winning side eventually. Well, he'll be judged on his actions. We can only wait. For sure, see. but he's saying the right things right now. And what what yeah. concerns me is that U.S. soccer will actually get there. Uh, he'll actually be able to fix it, and they'll actually <laughs> become a good good a good nation uh, in football. <laughs> Other news in U.S. soccer. Um, uh, the U.S. We talked about Vegas earlier, obviously, but the their first games uh, for Vegas and Nashville SC opened up to preseason with sellout crowds, ten thousand three eighty seven in Las Vegas. I don't know what the attendance was yesterday. Uh, my or oh, on Saturday, um, um, but nine thousand and fifty nine in um, Nashville. It was a two two zero loss to Montreal, three one to Atlanta for Nashville, mm-hmm. and so uh, pretty in- interesting. And in fact, Nashville might be mo- actually is moving their home opener to the sixty nine thousand seated uh, Nissan Stadium wow. because I don't think they're going to sell sixty nine thousand, but I think that it's more than the ten thousand that they have right now yeah. available. So they probably want to get uh, more. It'll probably be maybe eighteen twenty thousand at the most, but that's just my guess. I guess can let them use their tarps if they want to cover up some of the seats. Yeah, yeah. Um, another uh, lower league team. Oh, you got something? Is that what maybe Tam stands for? Tarp allocation money, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Um, Phoenix Rising, uh, I think they're USL as well. Um, they're actually getting a boost uh, in their in- expansion efforts because they're adding some owners, a Chinese billionaire. Coolest um, name, I think, in the Alice USL. Jang, yeah. Um, and he's part of a group that bought Nice in France, uh, OGC Nice. Yeah, they qualified for the Champions League playoffs. They own year. 80% of it right Ma- now. Mario that's, Bellatelli. That's what we need more of, multi-ownership clubs. I obviously, Drogba probably helped bring this deal yeah, together. and, yeah. and together. So that that would be interesting to see. So I think it's multi-club ownership, sorry. Drogba, <laughs> the only player to have stopped a civil war. Oh, really? Yeah. He actually like put out a public service. And thing. of course, th- th- if that's the case, then Tablo is definitely going to go play for Ivory Coast. There's no point in even fighting <laughs> at this point. If he can stop a civil war, he's going to uh, convince a young kid to play for his country. Shut up, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> this is a disgrace. <laughs> um, uh, quick, also uh, uh, shout out to um, uh, Northern Eleven. Uh, they had a nice article about an argument for fair treatment of Canadians in MLS. They actually put forward the argument that Canadians should be, what we've been saying for ages, that they should be rated as domestic. He, they say that Don Garber keeps saying that it's illegal, but then why is USL able to do it? Why they can be, why can they make exceptions for homegrown players? It doesn't add up at all. Lies. Um, Canadian news. First of all, locally. North Delta soccer player signs NCAA deal with Simon Fraser. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the son of uh, former Whitecap uh, youth uh, PDLT play- captain, uh, Derek Bassey. It's his brother, Brandon. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be like, – Derek was never able to sign with SFU because of uh, <laughs> um, because uh, of the whole contract thing and he wasn't eligible. Yeah. But his brother will be able to sign. Mm-hmm. That was awful for Derek. Great for his brother. Uh, NWSL allocation and Algrave Cup uh, roster. First of all, they've they're still. I don't know why 
the Canadian soccer has to play pay for Christine Sinclair to play different in WSL. I think that money should go for other players that maybe you know. I, I don't I don't get it why they have to play for the top players. Like I can understand they pay for some of the developmental players they want in there, but this doesn't make sense at all to me. But all great rosters got Hit- Jordan Hitema and uh, Julie Grosso. Julie Grosso on, mm-hmm. on the lineup. So those are the two young players on there. And the coach is saying that they're going to put heavy eff- emphasis on the attack. Um, and they will be playing, the national team will be playing, uh, their, I think that it'll be their first friendly in Canada against uh, Germany in Hamilton. Yeah. Hmm. This is um, exciting for the people It, in it seems like they're, they want to get off on the right foot. They're not going to shy away from their, their, like make it an easy game initially for him at home. Yeah, the, the new coach. The Voyagers will have a section. Barton Street Battalion is going to be there, I think, with the Voyagers. Should be a good time in Hamilton. Um, Canadian Premier League, uh, there was an article, I think, I can't remember the uh, site. Um, um, Waking the Red, was it? Maybe uh, a blog. They, they, they decided to, they, they had a, there was a question, Q&A session with the um, commissioner. And there were some interesting things uh, that were brought up. Interest in, has grown from 12 to 15 teams, and it's now 18 teams, like cities that are interested in maybe joining. They will start with 8 to 10 initially. Uh, pro relegation will be long-term goal over 10 years, and the owners have uh, signed up for it. They know it's going to be a financial hit when they get relegated, but they're okay with it. Mm-hmm. They know it's important. Um, owners do expect to lose some money in the first few years. Few few years, I'm not sure what that what that entails, but it obviously is at least two or three. I'm assuming um, April to October, no playoffs. You should be. I think you're happy about that, Zach. Oh, I, I like that their approach is to have a single table and, yeah. A, yeah. And, a, and a league title. I'm the, I'm generally a fan of that as well. The CPL is expected to be in the Canadian uh, Championship as well as uh, to, in order to qualify for Concacaf. That would be awesome. Um, they're expecting six to 10,000 attendants initially and build from there. Broadcast rights might not be traditional. They will obviously go with TSN and Sportsnet, see if they do it. But if they have like LAFC, they're doing YouTube. So uh, they might do something. The YouTube thing could be a really good way for it. Like maybe not YouTube specifically, but some kind of streaming platform. Well, if you know some of the people involved in the league, they have connections to some digital options yeah. i think like so, yeah. youtube isn't the only way to no for sure you could go thing. you could go amazon prime if you want oh, yeah, to twitch or something twitch like that. Yeah. anything almost and uh, I, I forget the guy's name but i think there's a guy either with one of the clubs or the league yeah who has some uh, experience in this yeah i am wouldn't be surprised if the zone stepped up for yeah. that as well that could be it too yeah because it right. would be a good sound point but youtube would be great because so many folk these days have smart tvs as well for so sure. you're getting to stream the games i was able to watch my the vegas game yesterday yeah, on on fantastic. the big tv yeah um final story and this is to do with the 2026 bid morocco has committed to seven new stadiums if they win the th- if they win they're not building it yet um they're going to build about six that are about in the forty-five thousand range and they will build one that's in 100,000. They expect to spend about 800 million to a billion dollars on the stadiums. Not sure where. That's the, a lot. I'm not sure. You know, Qatar kind of using their employment but then force. They were talking well, about. They well, were Morocco bring... use a similar employment force uh, mm. there that you have to be concerned Well, they're very on. close to each other. Yes, they are. I think that the thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago was like five billion was it was going to be generated in revenue to the to yeah. Canada and America during the World Cup. So For if they're sure. spending one billion to get five back, it makes you think well, that's worth it. We're assuming that, that was you're here. assuming Morocco is gonna Yeah, get Joe's shaking his head over there. I think he's saying FIFA's taking all that money. <laughs> yeah. 
There's a court seat. No, like. I think I I personally think I it's, like them. I think it would actually generate ten billion, really, and then FIFA mm. takes half of it. <laughs> They're taking five, and so it's five left over for the 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 bid uh, bidders. I like couscous, so I'd be fine. It would be very, very sad and disappointing if Canada doesn't get to co-host the 2026 World Cup. Yeah. I, I still think it's going to be here. I think it's I'm about 85-15% right now at this point. By far the best candidate, I think. Yeah. The final can be in BC Place and we can all have press passes. No, the, no, the final is going to be in America. Uh, that'll be LA, their new stadium. You get nothing from quarterfinals on. Yeah. Unless they change. If Trump's built a wall and no one can get in, we might be able to host it here. I still don't understand why Mexico gave that up so much because the Azteca, you just think, is made for hosting a final or at least a semi-final. Well, they're so used to playing the Gold Cup here in America. It's almost like a home ground for them. I was actually just reading a a really old book. It's like photos from the 1994 World Cup. Were you in it? I don't think I'm in any of the photos. I should bring mine along one week and we can have a have a look at them. Maybe you can read it on the air. Yeah, I'll read the, read the photos <laughs> in, the, in the air. I'll, I'll hold them up to the mic so folk can see it. When we do our first video one, we'll, we'll do that. But they were talking about how the 94 one was such a success that people in FIFA circles were even talking about making America the permanent home for it. That would have been fantastic, but well, for us being here. But I don't know. But, I mean, 85, 15, I'd say I'm 95 to 5. I'm that confident. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I just have this slight thing that politics may enter into. My, my concern is the politics, like, especially um, with the change in U.S. Yeah, soccer I just president. don't think Morocco's ready to host politics, politics. It's like, yeah, they would have to, with the I, I, would, I would have thought they would have to, like, join up with somebody. Yeah. And I'm surprised they didn't. A bit bizarre. Not that I don't care about politics, but yeah. this, let's, do, let's do what's best for footballing reasons. Anyway, some interesting headlines there, and that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter, at WhitecapsBeat, and check out for that pinned tweet with the poll to see who you want to vote for, Zach or Michael. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at ZacharyAM, and I'm part of the movement Curva Collective. And I'm at, at JoeDCVan on Twitter. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Follow us on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. And read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Also, the Whitecaps Beat Reporter for MLSsoccer.com. And if you've been following us on Twitter or if you've been reading the site, you'll know that we are kind of ramping up our extra podcasts that we do. We're entering year two of that now. Trying to raise some money for the site to get some new equipment, maybe give some of our contributors a little bit of cash as well. And... But we'll see what we can do with that. But if you can help out in any way or support the site, check that out. $30 for the year, $3 a month, that would be fantastic. Or anything you want to give at all. If you have any old programs and stuff as well, get in touch because we're trying to do something with them. And if you can't do that, at least um, subscribe to the iTunes uh, feed and give it a five-star and maybe a review as well. And maybe we'll read that review. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that is it for this episode of the show. Just before we go, I want to thank the O Wells, Sarah Jickling, for doing our theme song. Lots of folk always ask us who it is. Keep forgetting to mention it. It was done so long ago. Local Vancouver artist. She's very talented. She's on her own now, Sarah Jickling. Check her out. But until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps.
going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.